Next on BYU Sports Nation, Taysom Hill's Heisman hype gets some major national backing. Former NFL linebacker and BYU star David Nixon gives us his Texas-sized perspective on the Cougars shot at a special season. Plus, Corbin Kafusi back in studio and an undefeated September, Jerem? I'm telling you, not far-fetched? Come on, let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. It is good to be back and good to be live. BYU Sports Nation and Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Thursday, July 9th, wherever. However you're dialed in, always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who downright refuses to use a red dry erase marker, Jerem Jordan. That happened yesterday. We had one in our office, and I said, what is this doing here? I threw it away. <laughs> That's how you throw it. Did you, th- did you really throw it away? Yes. <laughs> the blue runs deep. Why would we have those in this building? I don't know. This That's dedicated a- edifice. That's a great question. I, I don't know. Would, do we need to get rid of I'm ticked off now that you the brought red this up. dry erase markers in this building? Why would we have that color in this? I don't Why know. Why do we have red on Spuddy Buddy on the set? To remind us. That's just—it's like a bowl, you know. You have to have the bowl to get the bowl going. You know, they flash the red. Oh, the, the matadors! Bowl. Yeah, the bowl. I thought you said bowl. No, not the bowl. The bowl. Bowl. Yes. Okay. Maybe we should hide Spuddy Buddy. <laughs> He's listen. Put Spuddy Buddy back. It's a reminder that BYU needs to take down Boise State this Absolutely year. Absolutely, it it's a reminder. That's of. exactly why he's up there. That's exactly why he's up. He's there. the most asked about. Thing on the set. The Matryoshka from Kate Hansen, Russia. Yes. Olympics, Sochi. Yeah, that wasn't a like, sentence. Why do you that have was that potato sentences. guy up front. Why do you have a Russian doll up there? Because an Olympian gave it to us that went to BYU. That's why. Enough said. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The NFL.com released a bracket of the top 24 greatest college football plays. Jim McMahon's Hail Mary is a four seed. There are up to six seeds in each bracket. Unbelievable! We'll tweet out a link to the bracket. By the way, BYU losing the vote in its first head-to-head matchup. More on that later. World University Games update. I know you've all been on pins and needles. Shea Martinez Collinsworth ran a 207 in the 800 meters, did not advance to the finals. Shaq Walker runs in the preliminaries at 10.40 a.m. in Seoul, which is tonight at 9.40 Eastern. That's not confusing at all. <laughs> the three former Cougars on the PGA Tour, all in action at the John Deere Classic today in Illinois. Daniel Summerhay, Zach Blair, Mike Weir, we wish them the best. We'll update you as we hear back. Quick story. My uncle was in Illinois one time. He was wearing a Caterpillar sweatshirt, and a guy said, Hey, this is John Deere country, son. He, 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 he. He's like, what? I don't even I don't care. The guy's like, no, you should change your sweatshirt. <laughs> what in the world? Brandon Davies is in action at 1 Eastern with the Orlando Blue team, Orlando Bloom team against Indiana, live on NBA TV. You can watch that. John Deere, Dems fighting words. This is John Deere country, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. 50 to 1 odds for a Taysom Hill Heisman Trophy. Hill going to scramble. A little alley. Pushing toward the end zone. He's in. Touchdown, BYU. 
Taysom Hill scoring against Boise State as a freshman back in 2012. That was his second career rushing touchdown. He has scored many more after that. Bruce Feldman is a big fan of Taysom Hill. The Fox Sports writer is also a New York Times bestseller, a respected dude in the world of college football, and a recent guest on this very show, BYU Sports Nation. This morning, Feldman released an article ranking the top 10 best Heisman bets for 2015. Jerem, he's got Taysom Hill at number two on the list, 50 to 1 odds. Wow, that's interesting. So he's kind of talking like, okay, here are the... They're the favorites, and then there are these guys. That's who he's talking about. So Taysom Hill at number two on this list is interesting. It's really interesting. I think we all think Taysom Hill's a dark horse candidate, but it's going to require something special from BYU. To me, for Taysom to even have a shot at New York, BYU's got to have one loss or less. This is like his list of favorite outside contenders. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Taysom Hill number two on that list. To quote Feldman, Well, he's gone up from off the board back in January. The 6'2", 232-pound Hill is a beast. He can make a big splash early with four high-profile September games. Now, here's where Bruce's words get really interesting. And I continue, quote, If the Cougars emerge from that stretch in September, 4-0, which isn't that far-fetched, he's definitely in the mix. End quote. What? Let me repeat. Bruce, we're going to send you some blue goggles in the mail. What's your address? Send it to us. New York Times bestselling author, Fox Sports (laughs) Golden Boy College Football Insider. If the Cougars emerge from that stretch 4-0, which isn't that far-fetched. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports says, It isn't that far-fetched for BYU to go 4-0 with Taysom Hill. What do you think? Use the hashtag BYUSN. We've already got a ton of response coming in. Again, join the conversation whenever you feel like it. Hashtag BYUSN. Jerem, this is the Taysom Hill factor. Behold, Taysom Hill is back. He makes everyone is on the he? team. It's July. The staff. All, all, basically everybody in the fan base, he brings that belief and hope. I, He's the, listen, how good are the Avengers without Captain America? We'll find out next year in Avengers Civil War Part 1. That's a great question. That's a fantastic comparison. Because BYU was 4-0, had played two P5 teams, put up 41 points each against them in Texas and Virginia, winning those games, and was ranked 18th and the darling of the Outsiders, right? Not not the book, the Outsiders, but the non-P5s, right? So BYU then goes on a four-game losing streak as they try and figure out life without his Taysomness, Okay. What can BYU do in September is the question. 4-0, not far-fetched. To me, it's far-fetched because it's really tough. BYU could be really good and still lose two games because three of those are on the road. If you gave me two home games, I would say 3-1. and one is a, There's a better shot at 3-1 and one than playing three road games. Come on. So 2-2 two and two would be good. But you and I agree. If Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback for BYU, there's a good shot that BYU wins that game, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Spender, Taysom Mills, 14-6 as a starter. That's a seven, 70% win percentage. That's pretty good. That would equal nine wins if, you, if he did that this year. Okay, It's a travesty that he doesn't have ten more numbers in that category. <laughs> yes, and the sixth loss of that was a game he played half, uh, less than half a game in, which is the Utah State game. The other five losses are against Power 5 teams. He's 4-5 and five 
against Power 5 teams. Seven of those came in the year 2013, where BYU only put up 21 points a game against Power 5 teams. That will not get it done in 2015. However, as I mentioned, last year, only two games, BYU put up 41 points in the two games Taysom Hill started against Power 5 teams. BYU needs to be somewhere in the middle. High 20s, low 30s to have a shot to win three or, I'm not even going to say four, to win three games in September. The benchmark for BYU scoring-wise is 24. That's uh, it's what it has been it, forever. That's too low with this defense. So it needs let's to be higher. Ramp that up towards 31. 30. Okay, another touchdown. 31. Yeah. yeah. By the Does way, anyone BYU... disagree with me on that? The BYU defense has some holes. The secondary has some holes, which is okay. If the offense is really good, you can still win. A la Houston last year. A la Virginia. It was working. BYU is an underdog in all four of those September games, by the way, according to Vegas odds makers. So for Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports to put that much stock in Taysom Hill and his ability, he's buying into the hope and the belief that, look, when you have a guy of that caliber on your team, you have a great shot to win those games. Enough to make him say, yeah, they could go 4 I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they go 4 I'd be shocked if BYU not goes many, 4-0. Not many people shocked. are saying that. Again, betting is wrong. <laughs> but the, but he, he likes BYU's odds with Taysom Hill as the quarterback. And I've been, I've been screaming for six months, okay, since we started having this conversation, since we started the countdown to the Cornhuskers, essentially, that BYU with Taysom Hill can win 10-plus games in 2015. I've been saying eight, assuming health. So what it's going to be? It's going to be nine. BYU's going nine and four. We don't even need to watch the games now. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Ten plus wins, and that's not just that. He's a senior quarterback. The history of it all, and I'm buying in, baby. I'm buying into all of this. They're due. The senior quarterback, the trifecta of awesomeness, with senior upperclassmen, running back Jamal Williams, receiver Mitch Matthews. Okay, BYU's historical success when you have that three-headed monster on offense. Plus the X factor we talked about, the Captain America factor. Taysom Hill makes you believe. He gives Ask hope Bronco and le- He gives hope and leadership. In, in Miami, it was really interesting to talk with Bronco outside the Lowe's Hotel there in Miami. That, uh, what, ha- like, what was the effect of Taysom Hill on the rest of the team, on the defense? Uh, and he, uh, he said he underestimated the effect that Taysom Hill would have on how the defense performed, which was crazy. What does Taysom Hill have to do with the defense? Everything. He doesn't make tackles. But he puts BYU in position to get leads, and then the defense can uh, have a little more confidence, hopefully make some plays. The defense is not going to win a ton of games for BYU, in my opinion, this season, like last year. The defense will help BYU win the game, but the offense is going to win the game. I think the defense will be better than it was last year. You think so? I think the defense will be better than it was last year. You hope so with all those injuries. Okay, but you're telling me... You don't want to give up 55 twice again. I don't think anybody would argue that if... You're a member of the BYU defense, and you look across the sideline, or down the sideline, if you will, and you see Taysom Hill, and he's healthy, and he's rocking it. You're not playing with just that little bit more of adrenaline and vigor because you know you've got a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback. Like, hey, we're going we're gonna to make some plays, and Taysom, if we make a mistake, he's going to make up for it. It's going to be okay. You believe. You believe. It does give me concern, though, that BYU is running with the same workflow as last year. It's it's a little dangerous in in that if Taysom gets hurt, will the same thing happen against a harder schedule? 
That's my fear with this. Well, is the, it though? Because Bronco Bronco let the reins off of the defense because of Taysom, so he's taking them back over. So it's a little bit different, isn't it? Y- yes, a little bit different. Does a little bit different make a huge difference? We hope so. You hope it's only, it, it's probably only a little difference, right? If it's a huge difference, it makes a huge difference. That's the hope with this year is that Bronco Mendenhall can get that defense in a better position to make plays to win games. I'm not a, I, I think it was Warren Sapp that said that the defense keeps you in the game, the offense wins you the game. I think that's the mantra now. I don't think that defense wins championships like it used to because offenses have figured out things more than – they're ahead of defenses. The game has evolved nowadays. immensely. And that's why Taysom Hill matters the most. Because he's the best player on BYU's team and, and maybe the best player on the field in every game BYU's plays. In terms of, I'm not talking NFL prospects, I'm talking the guy that can influence the game the most. Look, whether you're with Bruce Feldman or not, and you think that BYU going 4-0 isn't that far-fetched in September or not, you got to win the first one on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 58 days. Our the, Twitter question today. Does Taysom Hill kind of look like, who is it? Chris Evans? Is that his name? A little Captain bit. Captain America? Yeah. Does he, bit. Can we get, we tweeted out like a face blend of you as Chris Pratt and me as Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Can, um, can we get a Taysom Hill, Chris Evans? Let's get our Photoshop blend, guy on face that. Face blend. <laughs> Tyler Bills. Let's get him on it, man. Our Twitter question. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports says it, quote, isn't that far-fetched? For BYU to go 4-0 with Taysom Hill in September, what do you think? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At JeffreyJC395. Well, you know what else wasn't so far-fetched? Spencer Linton running a 4940. Look how that turned out. <laughs> hey, you know what, Jeffrey? <laughs> Hashtag shots fired, he said. Why you got to make this personal, dude? Why, why you got to be why so you make it personal? Rude. Motivation. Don't you know Spencer? I can't Schumann wait to run too. it again in April. Can't wait to run it at the BYU Pro Day in April. He's going to run it anyway. Yeah, at BYU S Hatch with our three-headed monster. Taysom as a senior and number two on the Heisman bet watch list. Yeah, it's not a Heisman watch list. Great coaches and four decades of dominance. Why not 4-0? It's the hope, but it's, t- it's too much to ask, people. Stop. What does David Nixon think? The Texas native and former linebacker will tell us his opinion and give a pitch for BYU to the Big 12. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. It's it's a rolling, folks. The conversation is rolling right now. The tourney train is coming down the tracks. What? Did you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation? The show's on demand. You can download our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app, or you can watch it on BYUSN.com. The Twitter question today, for the second day in a row I'm going to this, Jerem, is a doozy. (laughs) Hashtag Ned Ryerson. Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports says, it, quote, isn't that far-fetched for BYU to go 4-0 in September with Taysom Hill? What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? At Skyhawk94 says... It seems like BYU plays up to the competition. If they don't go 4-0, they will all be pretty close games, which goes to everything that you were pointing out in our first segment, Jeremy. That is, when Taysom Hill plays, BYU is in every game, if not winning when, those yeah, games. When he's the starter, okay, the, the largest loss when he's a starter, 15 against Washington in the 
uh, Fight Hunger Bowl in 2013, and then the loss to Utah State. Which he didn't he play the He goes out game. in the second quarter. I don't fully blame him, yet we count it because he started the game. Okay, 2013 Taysom was interesting because he, Taysom Hill, he had some nice wins that season. Texas, Georgia Tech of note, right? Those were nice wins. Uh, Boise State, for example. Not a P5, but a really good win. Win by 17. But there were other games where uh, didn't quite do it, right? At Virginia, Utah at home. That's 3-7. Uh, then you play really tough games in November. At Wisconsin, you lose by 10. That felt like it was more. At Notre Dame, you lose by 10. Uh, you're in it, though. And then Washington, you lose by 15. So winners don't talk about being in games. They talk about wins. But uh, the hope is that Taysom Hill can get a win or two that maybe BYU would not get with a lesser quarterback because he is a, a really good player. Hopefully he can make the plays to win the Bruce game. Feldman is buying in. And he's a guy that has 222,000 followers on Twitter. His microphone is very loud. Another guy who has a loud microphone with the BYU fans, David Nixon. He is our first guest, former NFL linebacker, BYU great. David, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, guys. Glad to be back. You heard the Twitter question, my friend. Bruce Feldman says it isn't that far-fetched for BYU to go 4-0 with Taysom Hill in September. What do you think, David Nixon? Man, I want to be as uh, optimistic as Bruce. I think it's going to be more like something like three and one. Um, and the reason I say that is because you do. You have four obviously tough games. And as a former player, it's tough week in and week out against great opponents to stay, to stay mentally sharp, stay healthy. Um, there's a lot of components that go into it. And, and I think that somewhere in there, you slip up on a game. And especially this early in the season, I mean, to be this sharp and on the ball this early in the season is tough because, because typically, you know, your first few games, you'll see with the SEC and other teams, they, they play opponents that they kind of can warm up and, and make sure they're, you know, rolling on all cylinders and that they word out, they've worked out all the kinks. Whereas with BYU, you're coming straight out of the gates hot against Nebraska, Boise State, UCLA, Michigan. Um, I just feel like there's going to be one of those games. I don't know if it's Nebraska. I, I, can't, I can't say which one it is, but I think one of those games might be a close loss, as you guys were just mentioning, um, with, with Taysom at the helm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think 3-1 still is obviously very respectable with that type of schedule. There's an opportunity to certainly make some noise, and 4-0 is not, you know, the 3-1 would be amazing out of that. Part of my hesitation with embracing 4-0, or even 3-1 for that matter, is the fact that three are on the road, David. How much tougher is it going to be for BYU in September because three are on the road? It's tough. I mean, although, you know, you talk to players, and I remember sometimes on the road is actually, and I think we've talked about this on the radio show before, it's, it's actually sometimes easier in the fact that you're much more focused. You're away from all distractions of family usually being there, or girlfriends, wives, whatever it may be. Uh, when you're at home, on the road, you're focused and, and as a team and, and you're preparing. You're maybe staying after watching a little more film because you have the time uh, on the road in the hotel. And so, I, I, you know, the, on the road is not a terrible thing, but, but when you're playing on the road in Lincoln and playing on the road in the big house, you're now dealing with crowds that maybe you wouldn't be dealing with if you're playing on the road at uh, Connecticut or um, you know at East Carolina or any of these other teams. So um, it does pose a whole, a whole different um, you know uh, challenge to BYU. But at the same time, I mean, as a player, if you can't get up for those games and be focused and be ready for those games, uh, then something's wrong with you because those are the biggest venues you'll play in. David, we compare Taysom Hill to Captain America. And I know it's kind of funny, but in all seriousness, Captain America to the Avengers is that hope and leadership. He's kind of the tie that binds, if you will. And with Taysom on this football team, I feel like 
He is that guy. In your opinion, what does he mean to the team as a leader and motivator? Man, he, he is the anchor. And, and in, last year when he went out, uh, I talked to a lot of other players. They said it was uh, the biggest thing about Taysom. Obviously, his athletic talent on the field, was, uh, they missed that a lot. Um, but it was his leadership in the locker room and having him around because not only is he a great leader, but he's a, he's a fun guy to be around. I mean, obviously, I, I, I've got to know him real well and I'm around him quite a bit. And he, he's just a stud, and, he, and he's, he's fun to be around. He jokes around. I think he's uh, very, you know, he's friendly with the other guys in, in the sense that he makes sure everyone feels included. Um, and, and that's exactly what you want in a leader. And, and I think last year after he broke his leg and he was out, he literally couldn't walk on it or be, be vertical on it for a few weeks and wasn't around. Talking to a few other players, uh, they mentioned that was probably the hardest thing. Uh, you know, obviously missing him on the field is tough, uh, but having him around in the locker room is even tougher. You know, not having him there is, it was even tougher. So, um, you know, no question. I, I think uh, Captain America is, I guess, a good analogy. Uh, but, but no doubt that he is the, the rock of this team. And, and everyone keeps going back to if he can stay healthy, and that's what everyone in the, you know, the national public says, that uh, if, if he can stay healthy, um, this could be a special season. I, I believe the same thing. And it's not only from the athletic standpoint, the talent standpoint, uh, but from that leadership standpoint and from the knowledge he has of the game, from being around, being a starter, um, and, and, and now you know, going up against these, these tough teams. It could be something special, and, and I know he obviously wants to stay healthy, and he's going to do everything he can to stay healthy. Um, but uh, you know, I think all Cougar fans, every time he goes to run, will will be holding their breath, hoping that uh, he can slide or get down. As tough as this schedule is, David, I don't see a single game where I go. BYU's got no shot to win. They've got a shot to win every single game. UCLA being the toughest of those games. Yet I think BYU will have a nice crowd at that game. The, the nice thing is BYU's got tremendous offense led by Taysom Hill. My concern is that BYU's running with the same workflow as last year, which is, okay, offense, put up a bunch of points, defense, make enough plays, hopefully Taysom stays healthy. Do you have any concern that that's the same, that BYU's running the same workflow? Well, first address to your first comment, I, I agree. I, I don't think there's any game on the schedule of BYU. You look at it and you say, man, they have no chance. I mean, every team, even the big names, Nebraska, uh, Michigan, UCLA, all of them are fighting or they're up against um, you know, new coaches or replacing key players, quarterbacks, whatever it may be. So I agree with you. I think, I think BYU has a chance in every one. Uh, but going back to the defense, you know, I, I agree. There, there's a lot of question marks with this defense. Can they put it all together? Secondary, you, you, we, we lost a lot of talent. Uh, a lot of leadership in that secondary. Can they piece the right guys together to make that unit work? Linebackers, we saw last year a lot of guys getting in rotation. We saw, we saw different ty- type of combos, at middle backer, outside backer, um, different guys kind of experimenting, tossing guys around, moving them around. Um, can they put the right pieces in place? You know, can, can Taki Taki pull through? Uh, can Fred Warner stay healthy also? And, and can, he, can he be that big playmaker that you always need, the outside linebacker position? Um, can we have that leader emerge at the middle linebacker position? And then our defensive line, can, can they plug the holes? I mean, Bronson Kafusi kind of moving more towards that defensive end position this year. How's he going to fare? So, you, you know, there's, a lot of, there's no question. There's a lot of question marks. And, and I think it was last time we came on, I talked about Bronco now being at the helm. I, I really do think you'll see a different BYU defense. And, and it might not be the most talented we've seen in the past, uh, but when Bronco takes the helm, he gets the most out of his players because he, he demands that, that everyone is, is perfect in their assignment. And, you know, we hear that phrase, assignment sound, and, and he harps on that. And, and I think you'll see that with this BYU defense this year. Is you might not have the biggest and best players um, that you know, BYU defense have had in the past, but I think you'll see guys being where they're supposed to be. And in an AFR, you know, each week last season, we're showing guys that just weren't doing their assignments and they were busted coverages, uh, busted defenses. But I think this year, I, I don't think you'll see those mental mistakes um, for the fact that 
players, you know, they're going to have to answer to the head man, Coach Minhall, and that defensive meeting come Monday when you're looking over the film. And, uh, you know, for me as a player, I, I definitely didn't wanna, I did not want to mess up because I didn't want to have to answer to Coach Minhall. <laughs> and so I think he instills that same fear, fear into the, these players, and, and hopefully this year uh, that, that unit can come together and, and put something special on the field. Former NFL and BYU linebacker great David Nixon joining BYU Sports Nation. David, you grew up in the heart of Texas, Texas A&M area, specifically in College Station. But we've been talking over the past few weeks because the national media has in large part been featuring BYU as a major part of their Big 12 expansion conversation. So with you being a Texas guy, what is your sales pitch to the Big 12 regents for BYU's inclusion? Yeah, that's a a great question. You know, you're right. I did did grow up right there, and obviously the landscape has changed a little bit with A&M now in the SEC and and the the Big 12, now not being the Big 12 and and including people. But, um, you know, I I think the biggest thing, if BYU, if Bronco and and Tom Homo could go uh, and, and, and talk to all the other coaches and ADs, and presidents of universities, I think you go in with a sales pitch of saying, look, we pride ourselves on tradition. Um, we pride ourselves on, on reputation. And, and I know that's exactly what the Big 12, I mean, that's the, their history they have is something they pride themselves on there as well. And I think BYU, you can go in there and say, look, we've had Heisman Trophy winners. We've had Outland Trophy winners, Doak Walker, Davey O'Brien. We've, we've had those players that have, have, uh, have you know, showed their talents on the field. We've got that tradition in our, in our program. We've got the reputation, and we've got national championship. We've, we've got multiple you know, conference championships uh, throughout the years. And um, you know, we, we've come and played your guys, and we beat them. You know, I, I, think we have a, I think BYU has a great sales pitch. And then, of course, you put yourself up against like a Kansas or or one of the lower tier schools in the uh, Big Twelve to to kind of stack yourself up against them. But um, you know, I think you got to go in there with once again tradition, reputation, um, and and try to taunt that as much as you can because you know that's basically uh, all we've got at this point. Geographically, yeah, we're not the best fit. I mean, we're we're, we're further west, but nor is West Virginia. So there, there's your counterpoint. So you know, I, I I'm not sure what the pitch is. I'm not sure if we'll ever have the opportunity to pitch it. Um, but I am glad to see that there is a little bit of buzz in the national media about BYU possibly being included one of these days because I, I am a firm believer that we, we need to be in a conference at some point. I think this independence is working out fine. I mean, look at the schedule this year. Um, I know people joke about our home schedule, but if, if you look forward in the future, all these teams repay visits to, to, to Provo, so they will come, but um, no doubt that, that BYU eventually needs to get into the Big 12. I'm okay with Boise State and Cincinnati. I think those are good games at home. And then just wait, 2016, UCLA and Mississippi State at home. That's going to be just dandy. Yeah, just and then, you got, and then you, got Michigan, you got Michigan State coming here. I mean, you've – that's, that's what I tell, Stanford. That's what I tell people all the time is people will get a little impatient, but we're only, what, five, five years in this independence thing? I mean, you can't go out and, and declare independence and then the next year have all these big schools come into your house. It just doesn't work that way. You've got to have some, some leeway, and, and, and sure enough, that's what's exactly what's happening. We're, we, we have to go play these guys, and they'll repay the visit eventually in the future, and, and I think you're right. In 16, 17, moving forward, we'll start seeing some of those teams coming to Provo um, and then I think that's where, where fans will be a little happier with our home schedules. When the United States declared independence in 1776, did they have the world's most high-profile guest in 1781? I don't think so. It takes a little bit of time. It's okay. Jeremy exactly. July Thanks, 4th Jeremy. reference in there. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Jeremy, for the history lesson. The Founding Fathers. Tommy Homo and the Founding Fathers. Hey, by the, by the way, D, 58 days. Until oh, Nebraska, I, you know, I, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking just the other day. We're now in July, and technically, all the NFL camps open in July, 
you know, training camps. So we, we are in the month of football, technically, which, which gets me out of bed every morning. It's so. happening. <laughs> it's happening. David Nixon with some great perspective, particularly that last point you just brought up. Good to talk to you, man. All right, guys. Take care. All right. David Nixon. You know, he echoes what a lot of the former players that we talked to were saying about BYU and, you know, eventually needing to get into the conference. But I like what he said specifically about, about Taysom. And in his, opti- his optimistic outlook is BYU 3-1 and one in September, which I think is kind of the consensus among even blue-goggled BYU Sports Nation fans. The 4-0? and Oh, 3-1 and one would be amazing. BYU's, BYU's in the top 20. 20 they're in they're the top 20 if they go 3-1 and one in those first four games. And then you have four in a row at home. You got a you got a shot to go seven and one in November. Just beat September's first. Yeah, September's first. Nebraska. Coming up, Corb Gafusi at BYU Hoops. What'll help him go next level on the basketball court? And what he expects from his brother and BYU football this year. BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student athletes. Welcome to the club. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out. In Studio B. Get Stay your, with us. Get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag. Go to BYUstore.com and search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles to get your own pair or a BYU Sports Nation t-shirt. Check it out. Let's four re- no, I, I see 4-0 in September with these on. <laughs> Bruce Feldman, without the Blue Goggles, said that it's not that far-fetched. That's how much stock he has in Taysom Hill. That is our whole point. He likes Taysom Hill as an athlete and leader and giver of hope that much that he says 4-0 in September is a potential reality for BYU. It's an interesting national perspective. Now, can BYU execute that? Awesome. That, take it would the, be a huge win. Take it would that be national backing and run with it. 3-1 and one in September might be the greatest start in BYU history against a schedule of that level. They've never had a schedule of this level, really. <laughs> I mean, but you can compare it to the... What was it? 04 or 03 and 91? Those are the comparable schedules, sure. right? Yeah. How did BYU fare in those? It'd be like, Not yeah, you're good. right, you're right. It would be like, I compare it to the 91 schedule. It would be like Ty Detmer, his senior year, against Florida State, UCLA, I've Penn right State, here. and Air Force going 3-1. and one. Here we go. BYU played Florida State neutral in Anaheim. Yep. They lost by 16. Then mm-hmm. they lost at UCLA by 4. I went to that game. That was my first BYU football game. BYU lost by 4. Ty Detmer senior. At Penn State, lose by 26, and then you beat Air Force. So you go 1-3. and three. At Air Force, team won 10 games, finished ranked. Boom. So then we said what? Oh, was it 03? 04. 04. BYU plays Notre Dame, wins by three. At Stanford, loses by 27, plays number one USC at home, loses by 32, and then loses at Boise State by one. Matt Payne misses that field goal. Okay, those are the comparable first four games. And BYU, for BYU. went one and three both times. Okay. That's why so we say flip the script. two and two would be good. Okay, in, in 04, BYU played two home, two road. In 91, played a neutral. Two road, one home. Sound familiar? Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines while you ponder on that. The NFL.com released a bracket of the top 24 greatest college football plays. Jim McMahon's Hail Mary is a four seed. There are four divisions of six seeds. Okay, The Hail Mary from McMahon to Clay Brown, four seed. We'll tweet out a link to the bracket. We already did, as a matter of fact. So uh, if you need to look at it, find it on our Twitter account, at BYU Sports Nation. By the way, BYU, when we last checked, losing the vote in its first head-to-head matchup. We'll have more on that in just a, in just a bit. World University Games update. Shea Martinez ran a 207 in the 800 meters and did not advance to the finals. Shaq Walker runs in the pre- preliminaries at 1040 a.m. in Seoul, which is 940 Eastern tonight. 
Three former BYU Cougars on the PGA Tour in action at the John Deere Classic. This is John hey, Deere country. Hey, hey, hey. In Illinois, <laughs> Daniel Summerhays, how about this? Five under par through 16 holes. He nice. is currently tied for fourth. That a boy, Daniel. Great start for Summerhays. His uh, fellow alums, Zach Blair and Mike Weir, tee off uh, in about an hour. Brendan Davies is in action at 1 Eastern with the Orlando Blue team in the NBA Summer League. They play Indiana live on NBA TV, 1 Eastern. Our Twitter question today, Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports says, it isn't that far-fetched for BYU to go 4-0 with Taysom Hill. What do you think at I Do Rock the Y? Says, if the team is committed to their off-season workouts, Frank Wittrich, there you go, they could come in and just shock the nation. Hashtag work like a champion. It's more than just what BYU controls. What if Nebraska buys into their offseason workout? What if Nebraska's more talented and executes better, right? BYU's going to have to play some really, really good games to win. BYU has, that, that's what's exciting. BYU's got a shot to do this, but they've stacked the deck against themselves in a way because Tom Homo has said on this set, listen, we're not going to turn down any games. We're going to go play people, even if it's on the road a lot. And so that's the challenge for BYU football is you're going to have to play three tough road games. Now, yes, they're on the road, but you're dealing with two first-year head coaches that's taking over news. programs that are in a little bit of disarray. So that favors Is Nebraska BYU. in disarray? A little bit, yeah. Well, no. For one, for one. Nine, nine, ten, nine wins. Who are they bringing back? They lost everybody that's like of major worth to the NFL draft, and they have a new head coach coming in who runs no, a totally have, different style of offense. They have guys of worth. They're totally a good team. Totally different. They'll win nine games and their, challenge their for the division base, again. Their fan base doesn't even believe they can beat BYU. Their fan base. There's some worry because they're not playing a cupcake. Exactly. So that doesn't I'm mean they're is, playing a giant. What I am saying is BYU, I still like BYU. You, the most winnable game for me in September? At Nebraska. I say Michigan. Okay. At Nebraska, you say at Michigan. Both first-year head coaches on the road. I'm talking about a five-win team. You're talking about a team that's won like 38 Jim games Harbaugh, last Jim four Harbaugh years. greater than Mike Riley. Nebraska's won nine game, at least nine in the last like four or five don't care. years, man. I They're don't, not ca- in disarray. I don't care. Tell me a great team. Tell me, tell me a power program that has done like amazing things when they have lost a ton of talent to the NFL and they bring in a new coach. They have good talent, dude. I could tell you some names if we didn't have a giant on the set that just All walked right. in. All right. Here we go. Corbin Kafusi in studio. Welcome Corbin, to that. Welcome to Studio B. The energy is high. The, I can feel it. The, the energy is high, man. Okay. Hey, you know what? Let's start. Let's start with our Twitter question. And you have your brother Bronson, big part of the BYU football team. He's mm-hmm. going to be a leader on the defense, if not the leader <clears throat> on the defense. A major national writer, Bruce Feldman, said that it's not that far fetched for BYU to go four and zero in September against that schedule. Okay, what is your reaction to that comment from a national writer? I love it. You know, like the only reaction you can get as a BYU football fan is. Thank you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Thanks for believing. <laughs> okay. What are the conversations like with your brother uh, Bronson uh, related to the the season and him individually and the team? Oh, there's so many conversations. I think the main thing is just we focus a lot on him and what he's going to do. He doesn't like to look ahead too far, but he's like every game, what he needs to do, how his mentality needs to be. So it's going to be good. We do a lot of training together right now. Well, you both just shot commercials with us, and I don't want you to divulge the outcome, okay? There's, they've still got some secret value here because they're going to be released <laughs> closer to football season. But 
How was the experience for you uh, shooting commercials at your house with the BYU Sports Nation crew? It was it was a new experience, especially being at the house, you know, because I was like, oh, I need to grab a drink. And I kind of feel more comfortable grabbing a drink here than anywhere else, but it's a little weird because there's this big old screen behind the <laughs> counter. But, <laughs> but it was good. You mentioned you're working out with Bronson uh, together. What kinds of things do you do together that both help you in your respective sports? Uh, we kind of made a deal where I'll do one-on-ones against him because I did a little offensive tackle my first year here, and then he'll come and rebound for me. So for an hour, I'll put on cleats <laughs> like the good old days, and we'll go at each other, and then he'll come into the gym and just rebound for me. So you'll play O-line oh, yeah. against him? Yeah. Is he a better... Is he better at that than you? What? Like, does he get past you? And you know, I, he, of course he does. Hopefully, because right, you're not practicing a lot. <laughs> if he doesn't, then you're playing the wrong sport. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, sometimes it's kind of set up where he's not allowed to bull rush me, so it's a little bit easier on me. So I just have to move my feet quick. But it's good. He's doing really well with it. Now, speaking of Bronson, he told us on media day off the air that. Mm-hmm. You've made quite the leap this offseason in honing your basketball game. Um, I know it's hard to talk about yourself, and I know you're a humble guy, but <laughs> why do you feel like you're getting better, and where have you improved the most? That's a good question. I think it's hard to see where you improve a lot until you know the season comes and you actually get to apply it, but... I just credit it all to my teammates and people that I work with. You know, we have our coaches are great. This whole offseason, meeting with coaches early in the morning, watching film, and then guys on the team, you know, giving me tips. Even in pickup ball, you know, you get it gets competitive, but you have great teammates like Kyle and Chase, like, hey, remember this. Even if you're against them, they're on the other team. Like, hey, remember, keep the ball high <laughs> when you got it. And so I I think the biggest thing for me is just being more comfortable. And playing the way that I play. Describe to us the difference that this summer, uh, what this summer is like for you. Because last summer it was, okay, you made a splash. Maybe you'll be on the team. We'll see kind of deal. The guys are lobbying for you. This year, you're on the team and expected to to have a part. So what kind of difference is this summer versus last summer? Uh, I think it's, like you said, figuring out that role. Because last summer, I was just kind of a chicken with my head cut off running around like, okay, what are we doing? (laughs) But now it's like, I know where I need to be and where I'm going. And so trying to fit into that the best way that I can, you know, getting my skills better or other things, getting around the guys more, being able to have a little bit more of that feeling with the team. What's the number one skill you are working on right now? Uh, I would say footwork and just a good low post game. Lots of jump hooks. <laughs> and <laughs> how's it coming? Good, good. Shoot like two, 250 makes on each arm a day. So wow. we're getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> 500 a day. That's pretty good. Brock Zilstra did that one summer. I remember that for a jump shooter. How much more do you expect to get opportunities to use, say, a jump hook or make a post move at the basket? Uh, a lot more. This whole summer has been great because the guys are feeding it into the post a lot more. And even sometimes where I don't feel comfortable because of my positioning, I'll throw it back out and they'll like repost. <laughs> just get back in there and do it. And so it's been great. Just tons of experience. When you look at uh, the brotherly rivalry that you have, and you throw in Devin too, who's going on a mission and whatever, how has that helped you become better? It, it makes you push yourself. Strangely, like even though our sports are different, we play a lot of each other's sports. So 
Ross and I are always in the RB just going at it. And I feel bad because people can just hear us down the hall yelling at each other because <laughs> we just talk so much smack. <laughs> but it just makes you more competitive. And you get to try new things with each other because you're so comfortable with your playing basketball with your brother. I'm not afraid to shoot some deep threes against him, whereas in a pickup game with the guys and the coaches watching, maybe I wouldn't shoot those. <laughs> but it just makes it more fun. Is football totally out of the mix for you at BYU? Uh, for now, yes. It's fun to get on the field. and I remember putting on cleats for the first time in months a couple weeks ago to help Bronx, and that was a nice little feeling. But basketball is where I'm supposed to be. Is that, can you be too tall to play football at some point? Like a 6'10", too tall? Um, I never say never. So I, I don't think you'd say you could be too tall, but it just gets harder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just worry about your knees. That's what I'm thinking. Like, exactly. Tackle, knees just and over. just a lot of things start to come into the, start to factor in. Corbin so. Kafusi, sophomore, power forward, center, whatever you want to be, you can choose. Joining us on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. It's always tough to get your legs back after a mission. Because people say, oh, he's got mission legs. He's got to get mm-hmm. rid of those. You came back and day one, you're doing 360 dunks in a gymnasium and whatnot. Do you feel like even though you were doing those things that you're, you're back or, or were you just that way from the get-go? Has, has there been much of a transition there? Uh, I think there was a big difference. Conditioning-wise, like, I could run pretty well when I got back. And I went through a, a weird like, physical change on my mission where I came back taller, more mature. I could grow a beard, you know. It was great. <laughs> but, and I could run. I ran differently. And so I came back with this completely new like sense of being but I still had to work into it, conditioning and stuff like that like I could jump and I could sprint well but it still took some time to get the conditioning down did you surprise yourself at any point in that process we're like whoa yeah athletically oh yeah I was a little I was very surprised I was like I used to be slow <laughs> or I could never jump this high <laughs> <laughs> well we I, like never, I we don't see. know what that feels like <laughs> no, idea. no no idea Jeremy you've never experienced an elbow hitting the hitting the rim no yeah on my trampoline yes, <laughs> yes. you know pipe dreams for sure Corbin <laughs> great stuff uh congratulations on all your hard work and success uh thus far we wish you the best moving forward thank you thanks Corbin so much see you in the RB gentlemen <laughs> studio B don't forget your wristband by the way if you're gonna go play in the RB Corbin. oh right right no cutoffs <laughs> <laughs> no cutoffs oh, oh my goodness our Twitter question today, Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports says, it isn't that far-fetched for BYU to go 4-0 with Taysom Hill. What do you think? Corbin just told us, hey, thank you. As a BYU fan, we love that stuff. Jerem says, 2-2 two two would be great. I agree. 3-1? Why not with Taysom Hill? But 4-0? My goodness. Some serious blue-goggle perspective. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes, Our role models, leaders, graduates, and champions, be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. Up next, it's a throwback Thursday version of Elite or Not Elite. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Jaron Jordan, live in Studio B. Did you miss our interviews earlier? With Corbin Kafusi and David Nixon. No worries. Go to youtube.com slash Sports. That's youtube.com slash Sports. You can watch all the interviews on BYU Sports Nation right there. Jim McMahon's pass to Clay Brown in the 1980 Miracle Bowl. Jeremy and I both have strong opinions about this, but what do you think? Is it elite or not?
Is it elite or not on BYU Sports Nation? Okay, here's the thing. It's elite. How, how is it not elite? It's elite. Why is this even a question? But, Why did we even bring this up? But the NFL.com gave us 24 great college football plays. The greatest. The elitist. Elitist college football plays. Jim McMahon's Hail Mary is a four seed. There are four brackets four of, six, seed. of six seeds each. Okay? The Hail Mary is a four seed of the greatest college football plays ever. By the way, BYU losing the vote in its first head-to-head matchup with Lindsey Scott's 92-yard catch and run for Georgia to beat Florida on the final play of the game. Hmm. Okay? That was a great play. Epic call. So it's, it's really interesting. The question is, is the McMahon Hail Mary pass more elite than that Lindsey Scott play and some of the other plays on that list? I have an update. Okay. The McMahon play is winning 55-45 to 45 Oh, now. the BYU fans are getting involved. Oh. Okay, now the Lindsey Scott play is a 92-yard touchdown for Georgia to beat Florida in... 1980 as well, 1980. The same year. Okay. Now, the BYU... Now, the Hail Mary, if you just look at the play, unbelievable. But Doug Flutie's might have been better, right? But if you know the context of that play... That BYU was down, what, 22 with 420 to go or whatever? That is unbelievable. That makes it more spectacular yes. to me. Yes. Than any it's other Hail be- Mary I've seen. It's more betterer. Now, the problem is if BYU, if the BYU play wins uh, that round, they have to go up against what, in my opinion, is the number one overall seed, which is the play. And I, said, I told someone this morning that hadn't seen it. It is so good. It is called the play. 1982, Cal, Cal Stanford. Stanford. The band is on the field. They, it's, it's not going to win against it's the that. squib kick that gets lateraled back like seven times yes. and ends up with California running into the end zone and it's just destroying a band member of Stanford. Yeah. Listen, that is, that is a better play than the Hail Mary, but it's fan voted. So we know that the McMahon Hail Mary is elite, 100%. But is it more elite than the play it's matched up against right now in the NFL.com's bracket of the 24 greatest college football plays? Which is cool it made it in. And okay. guess what? This validates that is the number one play in BYU history. It's not Beck to Harleen. It's a Hail Mary. Otherwise, Beck to Harleen would be in there. Interesting. From a national perspective. Uh, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Beck to Harleen meant they a lot. Don't get me wrong. 27 points in the fourth quarter. It's 1A and 1B, people. Hey, a former Cougar is tearing it up on the PGA Tour right now. It's in the Cougar Whip Around next. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Track and field. Jay Martinez, Collinsworth, ran the 800 meters in the semifinals of the World University Games. She ran a 207, did not advance. Shaq Walker runs the 800 tonight at 940 Eastern or 1040 AM in... Cougars in the association. Okay, explain the Collinsworth because she married Kyle Collinsworth. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Not Brandon Davies, Kyle Collinsworth's former teammate. And the Orlando Blue team played today NBA Summer League in five minutes. That game is on NBA TV. Check out Brandon. WNBA action. Jen Hampson played a couple minutes, picked up a foul and a loss. The Los Angeles Sparks at San Antonio. Cougars in the PGA. The John Deere Classic, he, 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 is underway in Illinois. Daniel Summerhays is tied for fourth with 500 through 17. I just looked at that on my phone to update it. And Zach Blair and Mike Weir will tee off within the hour. Let's go to Five seven. Under par. Let's go to seven with Spencer. Baseball. I believe he's got a four iron, Jerem. 
Adam Law playing for the Double A Tulsa Drillers recorded a hit and a run last night in a nine to three win against the Corpus Christi Hooks. That's a rivalry. Jeremy Guthrie pitched six innings with three earned runs for the Kansas City Royals in a nine to seven win over the Tampa Bay Rays. Future guest footballers Brian Keel tomorrow. Always love Brian Keel, and then Dennis Pitta joins the program Monday. The Baltimore Raven tight end. Okay, with what he gave us on media day. That should be an epic interview. We, we're going to have to warm up and get ready for that one all weekend. Like, get the, get the arm warmed up, man. Dennis is taking on a whole new comedic act. He's, he's great. He's Today's great. Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Hartman. You need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Bruce Feldman, who went out on a limb and said that it's not far-fetched. BYU will go 4-0 in September with Taysom Hill. And that just that just shows you what kind of stock he puts in Taysom as a player. I generally don't uh, go out on limbs. Nope, you don't. And when it's you dangerous. did, and when you did, you got burned. And that was one of the best wins in BYU history. <laughs> right? Even this morning, you said there is no way BYU is winning at UCLA, and I said you said that about Gonzaga, and then you immediately said, "Yep, I did. You're right." There's a way they win. I'd be an idiot to ignore a way to win, but it's going to be a really tough. That that would be the best win on BYU schedule by far. Yeah, there's there's a way. Because that team is really good. They're they're a top ten team. Okay. They'll B- probably be top fifteen. BYU is a two touchdown underdog opinion. at UCLA right now. Last I checked the odds. If they, yeah, they, and if BYU's two and oh, that's not the same margin. Four and oh, man. Can they do it? <sighs> Tell you what, that would be something. I'd rather be surprised to go four and than be like four and oh, four and oh, four and oh. Right? Uh, no, other I'm than gonna, Bruce Feldman, who's saying that I know, they're gonna I'm go four and I know. I'm going in two and two and then Hopefully I'm wrong in the positive way. <laughs> the elite tweet of the day. Oh, boy. <laughs> At Jeffrey JC 395 Well, you know what else wasn't so far-fetched? At Spencer Linton running a 4-9-40. Look how that turned out. Hashtag shots fired. Hey, Jeffrey, look <laughs> at me. Look at me. Okay? I'm running. I'm running a sub-540. It's going to happen. I'm going to run. I'm going to run into the night. Thanks to David Nixon, Corbin Kafusi, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Our show on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jerem. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brendan Gaskins.